What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Blake Hester. Hello, Blake. Hello. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. I haven't been. When, when was the last time I was on this show? Like, I'm. God, I don't. I can't even remember. Last of Us long. Part One. That was it. The, the, wow, that feels the, forever ago. The listeners have had it too easy, and now I'm back to antagonize them. Also joining us, Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? Hey, Blake. If it makes you feel better, this is my third show in a row. That makes me feel worse, actually, because I feel like I'm unloved. That people, the Game Informer, doesn't want to present me to our audience. I want to present. Do you want to come on next week, Blake? What are we talking about? Um, I don't know. No, I'm good. I'll pass. Okay. All right. Word. Um, and that's why Blake isn't on the show more. Um, rounding us out, our newest hire, Kyle Hilliard, making his return to Game Informer after many years. Welcome back, Kyle. Fuck. <laughs> that's really that's a callback to my very first appearance on Replay back in 2011. <laughs> For, very first recorded words of me at Game Informer was bleep profanity. That's that's very good. Uh, and in and, and Game Informer fashion, we will bleep that as well. But. Thank you. Blake, yeah. I don't remember the last time you were on the show, but I do remember the last time you were on the uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast that Game Informer seems to host on the side. Where you just what? talked about Neon Genesis for like 25 I minutes. I wish. I wish I would. It would be a solo podcast. Just me talking about every episode, not the movie, so they're bad, um, of Evangelion. It would be our longest project in our 30-year history. Well, there's the magazine that's been going on for 30 years. No, like I like I said, Kyle. <laughs> it would outlive the magazine. Yeah, we'll yes. put out a separate magazine that's just about Neon Genesis. Right. Yeah. I'd read that. I think you'd be surprised how much I could say about those episodes. Probably very little, honestly. <laughs> they're sad. One of the kids masturbates. This one's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> this one doesn't make any sense. They all make sense if you don't pay attention to 75% of the episode. Uh, the mark of good oh, media. So that's a show I should watch in the background. <laughs> no. While doing work. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That's no. what I'm picking up on. Doing no. my house chores, watching Evangelion. No. Okay, got it. This ain't One Piece, man. I think it deserves your attention. I think you can just tune out a lot of the proper nouns, which is the case for like most stories. You know, like I wasn't trying to get you to do an Evangelion podcast. I was trying to make a joke. (laughs) I'm thinking I have a pitch for Matt Miller when I get out of this recording about a new podcast. (laughs) Got ideas for ad integration. I'll wait for the live action Netflix adaptation. There you go. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Do you think Timothy Chalamet would play Shinji Ikari? God, I mean that'd be weird. His name is Shinji Akari. He's not a superhero. He is in my heart. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. I think I would play Asuka Langley. Thank you. I'm I'm getting this. I'm getting this podcast back on back on the rails. (laughs) Kyle, how's it feel to be back after so long? Uh, It's weird. Also, also, what are you doing? Like, yeah, people that might not know yet if they aren't plugged into social media. Maybe you're. Yeah, maybe you don't know my history, Game Informer. I I worked for. Game Informer magazine for eight years. I was from 2011 to 2019. Did a lot of stuff, and then I was laid off, sadly. But um, an opportunity came along to return, 
And uh, I decided to take it. I'm the magazine content director now. Basically the job Matt Miller had before he took on the editor-in-chief role. That's that's me now. That's what it says in, in the masthead now for me. And it has my old picture. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Margaret, I mean, Margaret <laughs> said she, I could give her a new picture. But I was like, no, it's good. It's a good picture. I look I look younger there. Yeah. I, I, I have to get my driver's license updated soon. And I'm kind of bummed because I feel like I have a pretty decent driver's license photo. Show it off. Are you, you want I, I, you want I, I, Margaret to take your picture for the driver's license? Is that what you're proposing? That, that, that's what. It, yeah, I want my game informer like uh, color tint and all, all right. as my new one, <laughs> with the back the uh, brick wall. <laughs> That'll be great. But yeah, it's it's very weird to be back. I gave you some amazing background music. I don't know if you have that queued up, but you you could. Have oh, it. it's going right. It's now. It's going right yeah. now. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's exciting. It feels like I'm coming back to like kind of a different publication. Um, it's very different from when i left you know that everything the way you guys handle thing is different there's a lots of new people here i know pretty much everyone like alex this is kind of our first time really having a discussion yeah. but like blake and marcus were interns you know so i know just about everybody um and then it's also weird to just like go into the back end of the website and be like, oh yeah, okay. I I'm I very quickly was like, I remember how all this works. All right, okay, magazine. Yep, yep. That's I remember how this the paginator <laughs> works. You know, these are all words that you know no one knows what I'm talking about. But um, it's been cool. It's been exciting. It's uh, it's it's weird. It's you know, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, but I'm happy to be back. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. I know, um, a lot of listeners and readers are also super excited the discord was when when you announced your announcement people were freaking out it was really cool yeah, it was oh, kind of like the awesome. second coming of price to be fair oh you know, it was... no we got it we got to lower that volume <laughs> <Come on. laughs> it's kind of like the third jay and silent bob movie it's kind of like when they came back <laughs> the way yeah, which yeah. was it's kind of like uh dumb and dumber two it's not like know? when jesus came back it's like clerks three Oh, okay. So fans are really into it, but the average critic hates it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there yeah. are there are people who review every issue of our magazine. There's a little <laughs> okay. criticism cottage industry around it. Yeah, it's for the fans now, now that I'm back. Yeah, is what yeah, it yeah. Is. yeah, for the gamers. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, excited to, to be working um, under you on the magazine occasionally when I occasionally write. Thank you for your great edits already yeah. <laughs> too many already probably <laughs> <laughs> no no i like edits Good. uh makes me better but yeah and excited to hopefully record many gi shows together and um you know maybe bring back cool stunts i think that'd be cool well you got to get the name right first if you want me to bring it back six stunts there we go <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> God, I'm, just I'm, I'm the worst. No, no, no. It's <laughs> right. it before dude. your time, dude. It's before your time. It's a different. Yeah, era. but I, I'm expected to know everything about Game Informer's history. <laughs> yeah. Before I worked here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one replay episode where Dan Riker did that wacky thing. You know. I know exactly what you're referencing. That was absolutely. a wacky episode. That was crazy that he said that and did that. No, but I, I really did like six stunts. But I could have sworn it was called Cool Stunts. <laughs> Maybe that's the time. new, that's the reboot. Is what how yeah, cool stunts. Yeah. The, cool the reboot no one talks about. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, let's get into the news this week. We've got a lot of. Uh, there's been a, a lot of news going around this week, but we're gonna focus on the survival horror kind of corner of the the gaming industry this week. Specifically, Konami has announced they are bringing back uh, Silent Hill Two as a remake. They've announced a 
uh, a side game called Silent Hill F in collaboration with uh, Annapurna and is it No nope. Code? Oh, no, no not that. No. Yeah. That one is Silent Hill right. Townfall, the Annapurna one. Oh, God. There's even more than I thought. There's okay. there's a whole bushel. Yeah. God. They announced four Silent Hill games. Yeah. One of which was a remake. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Silent Hill Townfall is the Annapurna joint. Silent Hill F is the trailer that started with the girl that was dragging the pipe along, right? She turned yes. into flowers. Okay. I- I'm back on track. Silent Hill Ascension which is like a seems like it might be a multiplayer thing. Yeah, JJ Abrams is involved, but as near as we can tell his involvement is just sending someone a text message that's like, yeah, this sounds good. Like go for <laughs> I'm, it. Yeah. I'm still not even sure if that's a game cuz I their official description of it was like interactive choice-driven drama, but they didn't use the term game. Yeah, interactive video streaming experience yeah, or something. Yeah, which I was like, is this like a what was the F- Black F- Mirror, the, the choice-driven one? Oh, right. Yeah, Netflix like, has a bunch of those. Yeah, I was like, is it one of those? It's one of those things in like three years. We'll be like, oh, you remember the Silent Hill mobile game? And we'll look it up and it'll come out, have come out like two and a half years before that. Like, well, it's, we, let's just skip over it. You know? Well, what it'll be is me, Mark, and, and Alex will be like, what was that? Did anybody play that? And Blake, you're going to be like, it's the best Silent Hill game ever. <laughs> it's the only good one. That's that. <laughs> Thank God for JJ. I would say they only announced one that looked good at that presentation, and it was not the one JJ Abrams is attached to. Yeah. So, man. Okay. Which of you wants to kind of walk me through as somebody who, you know, we've talked about on the show before? I am very much becoming more of a fan of horror games, but I steered clear of them for the longest time. I have not played Silent Hill. Why does this news matter besides. It's Silent Hill 2. Everybody likes it. Like, why now? Do you have any insight into that? Which one of you is the biggest Silent Hill fan? I'd say, Kyle, you're a big... We did the uh, stream together. You're a big Silent Hill 2 guy. Yeah, like, I've dabbled in all of them. I've actually only beaten two. But, like, I've played okay. almost all of them, at least at some capacity. And, I mean, it's a couple of things. Is like, you know, there's been so many Silent Hill rumors forever that just became nothing kojima was involved with silent hills and then that was pt and that fell apart which just felt like the rug being pulled out from under silent hill fans and then so that's like exciting that we finally have like concrete silent hill things and then two is um is so good two is such a weird psychological different take on horror it's so like it's especially at the time it was so much different from you know resident evil was its main competitor which is a game about like scary zombies chasing you through like police stations and stuff and silent hill 2 is like a story about a man coming to grips with the death of his wife and it's like it's all sort of uh becomes this giant metaphor of this town that transforms as he explores it and it's it's really unnerving i played it as recently as like a year or two ago oh wow because uh, Mike Drucker wrote a boss fight book about it that I read that I enjoyed, and that was like, oh man, I just I want to revisit Silent Hill two now, and it is still very unnerving. Like it is still a horrifying game because it does such a good job at just like just letting you sort of slowly explore this foggy town as sounds in the distance, just you don't know what they are, you know, and um, it's been so hard to play at any like reasonable way. Like the remake that you can play on PS three is just awful. It's just mm-hmm. like they screwed it all up. The fog, which is like a core element of the game, it's like bad. There's just there's no way to easily like even the version that I played kind of recently. I bought Silent Hill two for Xbox on eBay, and even playing that on a backwards compatible like three sixty, 
was mm-hmm. rough. Like it was having problems and like I created too many saves and like I hit a point where I couldn't progress anymore. So oh. there's just been no good way to play Silent Hill 2 in the last like five or ten years. Um, I know people are unsure about Bloober Team. I think it's fair to be unsure about them. But the fact that there's like a new, you know, quote unquote version of Silent Hill 2 coming that I can like recommend to someone to play this you know in, the, in next year is really exciting yeah bloober team you know being attached to it is really interesting layers of fear um they've worked on a you know, they've kind of been around for a while but the medium you know and those games i think have never really um uh re- reviewed very well um you know it's kind of like average you know some below average and interesting ideas not amazing yeah. execution yeah. i know the yeah. i don't know the ending of the medium but i hear it's bad i have, um, I have watched levels. it because i heard it was yeah, bad okay. and i i wanted to know and it was it was pretty bad i think that the issue with bloober and silent hill 2 specifically is less that their games are kind of middling and it's more the way they fumble themes that require light touches or graceful touches as i guess like a better way to put it and like silent hill 2 is obviously dealing with uh, trauma in some very dark ways and deals with some topics that still games have not really gone through there's a pyramid head scene that is very infamous that you know i think that the fear is less like their shooting is might be bad or something and it's more like this team does not seem emotionally equipped or mature enough to handle these themes and that immediately sucked the air out of my sails of being interested in it's like i don't i just don't know if they're they're the right studio. And it wonders like what the extent of this remake is. Cause like on one hand it's like, well, maybe this will be fine because they're working with someone else's template. So whatever faults they have will be mitigated. And that's under the assumption that this is a more like just straight on faithful remake. It just looks better. But if they're doing maybe the resident evil remake approach of like, we're, we're actually going to tweak some things about the story. It's not just going to be the same thing then that starts to get like you know yeah. maybe a little yeah. <laughs> unsettling of like oh what are they are they Absolutely. gonna muck this up and you know i've never played I, i'm with alex uh well i love horror games but the most silent hill i've ever played is pt i was a resident evil kid growing up and for whatever reason i always wanted to go to silent hill but just never just got around to it uh so this is exciting to me because it's like like kai was saying like it's so hard to revisit those like the good ones i guess but yeah that's my only hang up too it's like okay bloober team hopefully like maybe konami keeps them on a short leash and just says just make this look and play better but other than that leave everything else alone yeah i don't know i i I think you know we've seen like uh you know more freedoms taken with remakes as of late in recent years especially in like survival horror like so it'll be interesting how if it's you know very very similar like a one-to-one or if they're like trying to go in and fundamentally change you know any systems or add new things that weren't there previously i don't know you know what i think i think konami accidentally got bloober team confused with blue point when they were like we need a good remake <laughs> studio <laughs> they typed in you know bl and autocorrect yeah, yeah, they're like, it's Bloober, yeah. right? The blue something. And then by the time like they realized their error, Bloober team was already too deep. So they're like, oh, wait, these are the guys that made, oh, the media, oh, crap. Oh, now we I'm want- bummed. We wanted the Shadow is- of Colossus and Demon Souls guys. <laughs> I know, I'm now bummed that it's not Blue Point. That would have been, 
Uh, yeah, that would be great. Exciting. Oh man, and it's even a PlayStation exclusive, so that like lines up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> makes yeah. you wonder. So up next, um, Silent Hill Townfall is the new game from developer No Code. Uh, they they made Observation, which I believe is that like you're you're on a space station, right? And you're kind of uh, mm-hmm. playing as like the security AI system. Uh, and then Stories Untold, which I, I don't know much about, but very little offered in terms of like what this game is. Kind of the cinematic trailer kind of zoomed in on like a radio. I don't think it's going to be a traditional Silent Hill game because both of their previous games are very like focused on perspective and looking at things through cameras and, and like Stories Untold is about, if I'm correct, like playing like you play as a person playing a game on a computer or something like that. So I think I think whatever this is, it's going to be unique. I don't think it's going to be like a third person perspective, you know, walking around a town. I think it's I think it's going to be something different. Which I, I mean, honestly, feels like it could be the gateway for me. This kind of game, I I'm, I think like that is a cool angle, like something that's you know not that's not what I would expect from a Silent Hill game, um, and that might be like the way for me to get into the lore a little bit. Or I don't know if they're going to be exploring side stories or or if it's totally new or what, but like kind of getting in that world in like a seemingly a less abrasive way in terms of like, I don't have pyramid head likely chasing me down or whatever. Like I don't, there's probably not jump scares. Maybe there are, I don't know. Like it just seems like it's a little, a little more approachable for somebody who is a little more hesitant to get into like horror games, but maybe I can kind of like learn more about like the series itself. I don't know, but anybody else have thoughts on, on, uh, on, townfall i need to see more of it i'm only excited because of the developer like i didn't play stories untold but i really liked observation observation right i always get yeah. observation and observer, An observer the, yeah the, the one bloober team game that's actually pretty all right um but yeah observation I, i'm a really big fan of that game so like that alone makes me want this on my radar and annapurna like annapurna has a pretty good track record they've been on a bit of a roll lately with the stuff that they've chosen to publish so you know, I just wonder if they do the Annapurna like Hollywood magic of like, is there going to be like a famous person involved in this? Is Daisy Ridley going to be Pyramid Head? I don't know. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> God. Silent Hill F. Blake, is this the one that you're excited about? What's up? Yeah, this one. I mean, like, I don't know what this is. It just had a great trailer. <laughs> and you know what? That's all that counts. This honestly, like, I don't know why. I don't mean to be a party pooper. A lot of the stream did very little for me in this trailer for whatever reason, just like completely connected with me. A lot of themes and visuals that I feel very strongly about, you know, avid J horror fan, as they like to call it. This had some callbacks to that. The tryptychophobia I thought was pretty interesting. It was just a cool trailer all around, set in 1960s Japan. So it's actually like expanding the silent hill cinematic universe i guess because all of those games are set in this like fictional small american town this one is very much rooted in japan i looked up the developer they did the re verse game and have worked on like hd collections so i hope it's not that did they work on the silent hill hd collection no 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 um i hope it's not that i would like to see this as like the next 10 pole silent hill game that's what it seems like it is or well i mean maybe but we don't that was my impression yeah yeah yeah, because it's like silent hill to remake these two interesting side projects and then silent hill have to close out the show is like this is the new silent hill we would have called it silent hill six or whatever if we had kept track of the number (laughs) methodology we've been using (laughs) 
I think it just has like a very strong trailer. Um, yeah, the rest cool. of the the rest of the trailers just kind of were like Silent Hill stuff, and that's cool. I think Silent Hill's rad, but this one had its own like visual language, its own like own themes it was dealing with. It just really spoke to me. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the Japan I, setting is really interesting because that's yeah, like, it's it's always been in America, which is kind of a, a, a weird element of its charm. Is like Japan looking at yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a small town America and sort of figuring out what that means so i like the idea of it if, if it going to uh, japan i think it's gonna be really interesting yeah you know as, as somebody who traveled to japan recently i do oh, have to God. say you know it's, we went to uh, japan a, recently too alex it's a charming place man you know like it's um japan's cool as somebody who has traveled there recently yeah people turn into flowers yeah Alex, if I may interject to talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hi, Blake Hester. I also traveled to Japan recently. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Um, I want to talk about this because I've been thinking about it. It has nothing to do with us traveling to Japan recently. What's, why is it weird to you all that Konami is going so hard on Silent Hill as a multimedia brand right now? Silent Hill's great. That's awesome. But Konami is like infamously not much of a game developer or publisher anymore, which I've always read as makes sense when you travel to Japan, as we have recently. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. You'll notice Konami owns like fitness centers and makes refrigerators and all these things that ostensibly make them a lot of money. And so I've always been like, yeah, it makes sense that they ditched Metal Gear Solid. Like it's a great series, but... They were also these vanity projects that don't sell as much as Pro Evolution Soccer or Yu-Gi-Oh! And so Konami, which has always been kind of the their weird avant-garde thing they have, them pushing so hard, like, this is it, y'all. Movies, games, experiences is very, very strange to me. I do not run a billion-dollar Japanese company, but if I did, I'm not sure I would hedge my bet on Silent Hill. Like, to me, it'd be like, all right, here's the remake, whatever, and that would be it. I think it makes sense when you look at Capcom and go, wow, those guys are having a good old time with Resident Evil right now. Look at all the money that they are printing with the remakes and also all the multimedia stuff of like the Netflix show and the new movies. And it's like, you know, we have the Netflix show that they canceled after one. Marcus, <laughs> well, that's besides the point. Marcus, but... I've thought about that, but even that argument is weird to me because Silent Hill has never been a billion dollar franchise and Resident oh, Evil no. always has. Like, it's just, well, what? It's always been Resident Evil's main... Com- well, not always. Always is not true. But certainly early on, yeah. they were hand-in-hand. Hand. Konami had Silent Hill. Capcom had Resident Evil. And I... I th- yeah, I, th- I think you made great points, Blake. I, like, it is weird. But I'm my assumption is there's passionate people about Silent Hill within Konami, sure, which is yeah. exciting. And they looked at Resident Evil's success lately. Yeah. I think it's like those two things. I, it's just like... It's one of those things where I'm excited it's happening. But the more I think about it, I'm like... It's kind of weird it's happening, like, to this degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, four games, a movie we haven't even touched on. Yeah. Um, what is this, community? I think it's I think it's more interesting or weirder that they're doing it in this shotgun blast instead of, like, doing it one at a time to kind of yeah, test yeah. the water. So, like, let's just do Silent yeah. Hill 2 Remake and see if the interest is there, and then we'll greenlight these other three things that we want to do. For But for them to have the confidence to be like, nope. They're all coming, plus a new movie. Yeah. Surprise. We saw your tweets. We didn't talk <laughs> about that movie. I'm big excited for that. As a vocal fan of video game movies and the silent original Silent Hill, not the sequel, but we're not going to talk about that. 
uh, the original Silent Hill. Oh, that's good because they didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> the first Silent Hill movie is in the upper echelon of video game movies. Not the best. That's Resident Evil Extinction. I'll, I'll defend that with um, you. But yeah. I'm excited. I have a very distinct memory of watching the original Silent Hill movie in theaters and going in very pessimistic, like a uh, video game movie, right? This is going to be terrible. Yeah. And I'm be- and kind of getting into it and being like, oh, this is pretty good. And I remember leaning over to my friend and being like, hey, now all they need is a bit where she has to check the map every three steps to make sure she's going the right direction. And like, you know, elbowing my friend. And then they had a scene where she runs street corner to street corner and checks every map yeah. on the street corner. And I was like, you know what? I like this. <laughs> this is actually pretty cool. There is one of my favorite movie kills is in silent hill it's one of the rawest things i think ever put to screen like they truly went for it and i'm surprised konami let them get away with it pyramid head does some wild stuff in that great movie i'm excited for that let's talk can we talk about that for another hour yeah perfect yeah i mean they did they did spend a lot of time in that stream talking about that movie and it was awesome <laughs> it's like what they're they're pitching it it seems to be a movie that does not exist at all uh beyond some like storyboards and a director and producer yeah the whole thing was like a talking head yeah but like they're pitching it as a very faithful adaptation of silent hill 2 which is a little weird considering there's a remake also coming up but that's beside the point um which i think's cool because the first one was like a pretty faithful adaptation of one and then the sequel of that's like a weird adaptation of three um but i think a like, sequel t- we said what are you talking about look it exists it exists okay <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I don't know. I'm just excited to check it out. I love movies. I'm a fan of the cinema. Reagan is too, you hear? Word. Well, let's get into uh, topic of the week. We're going to talk about our Bayonetta 3 review. Uh, it was written by Blake Kester. And, of course, the cover story was written by Marcus Stewart here. So we've got uh, two of the folks who have been handling that beat for us here at Game Informer. Uh, Blake, how is Bayonetta 3? How are you liking it? I beat it. Yeah? Nice. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's my review. I beat it. I beat the game, everyone. Um, it's great. It's like 75% of the time it's the best Bayonetta game. Then there's another 25% we can get into where it's not good. But, man, it, it rocks. It's like as a longtime fan of that big, tall lady, I am smitten with this game. I think it's awesome. It is. It changes the core formula in some key ways that help set it apart in like mechanically interesting ways. The one being like, if you play Bayonetta one and two, you'll know she can call forth infernal demons, but they're always like kept to the end of boss fights and cut scenes with like quick time events. They've just turned that into an entire mechanic. That's the demon masquerade, right? Or demon slave demon slave where you can like bring forth any number of them. I don't know. I'm like held under embargo of talking about some, I'll tell you anytime you can equip four, but they're, Believe it or not, there's more than four. Like, and you can just be calling them in to attack alongside you. You can do combos with them. What I did with them, which was like kind of not how you're supposed to use them, was almost only as finishers of combos. So I would do like an entire string of Bayonetta's combos, you know, switching my weapons and everything. And then I would call forth that big dinosaur she has. And because the damage they do is ridiculous and use that as my combo finisher. And it just felt so good. And it felt like, it kind of set it apart from the other games. Like this is, you know, when you play Bayonetta 1, the big thing was witch time. It was like, we got witch time now. And in Bayonetta 2, it was like, hey, it's more Bayonetta. It just feels the same. Bayonetta 3, like, did just enough different that it's like, it's that hot stuff right here. This is that hot yeah. stuff. And you go on this, like, globe-trotting adventure. It is, 
out of control in the way the best platinum games are just like it's obnoxious their games are obnoxious and i think that's the draw of a lot of their games is they're just goofy and over the top and kind of screaming at you the whole time and bayonetta like the fact that bayonetta pulls that off for like 13 hours almost non-stop almost is like pretty awesome and it's getting to the point where like Bayonetta's, you know, surfing on falling buildings and their massive kaiju battles and yeah. go- gods fighting in the sky. Like it's absurd. There's like a full on like Doctor Strange mirror verse sequence. Like, yeah. It's like copy based from, <laughs> yeah. from those movies. Like, it's so, so cool. Uh, Marcus, have you had a chance to play the full game? Not, I'm not. I'm over halfway through it. Oh, okay. so I've. I'm like, oh, I'm so, so Blake's review is he's beaten it. And Marcus's review is I'm half of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I beat half of it. What do you think of it? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. We haven't talked about it. Yeah, we haven't. Um, I'm loving it so far. I agree with uh, what you said about the con. I think the combat Bayonetta specifically is phenomenal. I think the demon masquerade stuff is great. Like having the different weapons change her combat style. Like I'm in yeah. love. So we can talk about the first three demons that you get, which we've talked about before, which were uh, Madama Butterfly, Gamora, and the Spider Fantasma, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> P Nailed Master it. P is what I call. Him. I'm in love with the Spider's weapon, which fans uh, you've seen as the yo-yo kind of thing. That thing is so much fun. Like that has become my primary weapon, and then my sub weapon I kind of cycle out with the other ones depending yeah. on the situation or my mood. But yeah, that thing is like it reminds me a lot of uh, Kratos's blades of chaos mm-hmm. a bit mechanically of like you could throw it out and yank people towards you or go to them um you can use it as like a buzzsaw where you just throw it out and it's just like slicing through dudes and you can just swing it around it's great for keeping people at kind of at a distance specifically marcus i thought the same thing but old blades of chaos from the trilogy yeah which that's are like faster like, yeah yeah classic god of war mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that sounds awesome so like that like i think the uh I think all the weapons have been great. I know in your review, Blake, that you said you kind of stuck with the same ones, just mm-hmm. more out of just general complacency. I've yeah. been switching pretty often, and I've been happy with all of them. I think they all bring a very specific flavor. Yeah. But they all, like, they like they feel distinct, and, you know, the skill trees that they all have, like, I was excited to unlock all of them to make them all better. Like, I'm actually feel, like, encouraged to want to master all of them, or at least get good enough with each one that I can switch to anyone and feel like okay i I, i'm not lost i know what to do with this weird thing that i'm using i think to marcus's point like the game is non-stop variety from like weapons to summons to the levels like it's constantly throwing new things at you and like i I think that's kind of an issue sometimes the platinums games is they can start to feel very samey like i love metal gear rising but like a lot of that game is just gray corridors and it feels great, but like Bayonetta, like visually and mechanically, is always throwing something new at you, and that helps a lot when dealing with like that intense of gameplay to constantly have something new to look forward to and something new to do. I think like helps a lot in this case, and like they do it for the most part very well. Even the even the set pieces that maybe don't feel great always at least look book wild that i'm like eh, i'm still i'm at least enjoying looking at this thing even if it's yeah. not like as fun as the last one yeah and it's funny because you mentioned corridors and there really isn't any in this game because i mean if you play the first two especially the first one it's a lot of running down hallways and getting into fights uh the level design has expanded so much where like every area is pretty much like a giant open hub 
because there's so many more secrets now to find. Like, there's a lot to do outside of just getting into fights. Like, if if you want to, there's like combat challenges. There's like various types of like platforming puzzles that I at least I enjoyed. Blake, I don't know what your thoughts on them are, but I've I've spent a lot of time in levels just like I'm not leaving until I get every single thing in here. I want to get all the familiars. I'm going to chase this stupid cat around (laughs) until I get it. There's not a map, right? It just like tells you what's missing, like what how many are available to collect or uh not a map but if you well it tells you the achievements because it has in-game achievements which two had as well if you hover over like the i guess the chapter but i mean no they do keep track of like the familiars and stuff and there's like there are rewards for getting all this stuff if you get all the familiars open like a bonus kind of like special level that you can select on the screen uh you'll get more of the the seeds which interestingly enough I, I want to point this out. In my cover story, they were called embryos, and now they're called seeds. So I was like, I guess that was like a placeholder, or did they change that at the last minute? That's weird. Yeah, especially considering what they look like. They look like embryos. Did the did the guy ever say embryos in like the voiceover track, the barkeeper or whatever? No, not at least not in the build that I played for the cover. Huh. But that's what the Nintendo rep told me, and yeah. then reiterated when I asked them to clarify for sure. So when I saw it in the game, it's like, huh, that changed quick. Marcus, I have a question for you. Alex, Kyle, I don't know if you knew. We recently traveled to Japan. Um, oh, did you, so did, did you, I. Did you notice that Japan level begins at Shinagawa Station, which was our home station when we were there? That was my home station. There you go. There yeah. You go. Did, did you notice that, Marcus? I Of course I did. I The only thing missing was like all the weird Tommy Lee Jones ads. If you, if, you look out the, if you look out the window, you can see. The... Okay, he's in the game. I'm glad they got him in there. No, I was saying something else. But yeah, yeah, he's maybe oh, okay. back there somewhere. If you look back there, it tells you. Does Bayonetta have a JR pass? Uh, no, she uses Passmo. Perfect. Because she's not go. a resident of Japan. She's a visitor. Oh, nice, nice. We've traveled to Japan, listeners. Wow. We're oh, yeah. traveled men around the world and then some. Listen, I, I, I yeah, yep. I, I have traveled. something else to talk about. What's up? Uh, sometimes you don't play as Bayonetta in this game, and I think it sucks. Yeah, Viola. 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 I okay. Viola, I'm gonna sorry. say it. I don't like her at all. I know, like other reviewers she has seem a big to cat, con- though, right? Yeah, sure. That's great. Uh, other reviewers seem to have connected with her more, and that's awesome. But like, she did nothing for me mechanically or sto- definitely not story wise. And then like, I don't know, Marcus. Maybe you liked it more, but her gameplay wise, she's like, she's parry focused. But her parry window is like not forgiving at all. And if you're not a pro gamer, like I'm not, that can feel like bashing your head against a wall. Like trying to get the hang of her once i finally did it was a little more interesting but she never had the like fluidity of motion that bayonetta does in general so even when i finally learned her mechanics and felt comfortable using it it never felt as fun like it was too stark a contrast for me compared to bayonetta um and then jean also has levels which are just like 2d side scrollers and they suck they're not even worth talking about and luckily they're like a minute long at a time they're just boring uh but the viola stuff rubbed me the wrong way for sure is Viola, would she get along with uh, Edge, Marcus, from Mario Rabbids? Oh. Would they be good friends? Yeah, it's funny that we got two of those, like, relatively the same kind of characters. Though Edge is, like, more serious. Like, Viola looks like she might be, like, serious, but she's actually, like, a giant goofball and, like, screw up. Because, like, the idea is that she's not, a, she's, like, an umber witch in training, so she's not 
Uh, she doesn't have a full grasp of her abilities, which is why in gameplay she has like significantly less abilities than Bayonetta. And um, I I might like her a little bit more than you, Blake. Um, like I don't outright hate her, but I do because she plays so much. Not even just differently, but she's so stripped down compared to Bayonetta. I find myself the further I get into the game, I'm looking forward less and less to going back to Viola because as Bayonetta gets more cool stuff, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm gonna lose all of that because I got to play this like Viola chapter for an hour. Like I don't have a cool spider yo-yo thing <laughs> anymore, so let's just get through this. And it's um the Perry stuff, yeah, it's it's tougher for sure. Sometimes it feels it doesn't feel as as well tuned as the witch time because yeah there's times where it's like i feel like i nailed that and then i get hit and then the positioning feels off where it's like you know you can't like with witch time it's a lot more forgiving because you can kind of just flip around kind of aimlessly and you'll probably dodge everything like there is skill involved but you can just hit that dodge button and you'll be okay viola you really can't do that like you can you can just block and not parry if you want but you do have to be facing you know the direction of whatever's hitting you um, but it just doesn't feel quite as good and it's just not as satisfying. And her, like, you know, as you upgrade her, she gets a little bit better. And I, again, I don't think she's like bad necessarily. She's just less fun. And I think exploration is where I get the most annoyed with her because Bayonetta Demon Masquerade also gives her like cool exploration abilities based on the demon of like, oh, I'm the spider. I can crawl up walls now and, and swing or I'm Madama Butterfly. I can just jump around and float and fly around that's great viola just has like a double jump and like a little grappling hook and that's like it so <laughs> it just makes exploration just more plain you know you're like okay well i guess this is all i have to work with and in some way that can make the puzzles maybe a little bit more interesting because you're like okay i only have these tools to play with so you know i guess i have everything i need to figure out how to get to this like collectible up here but yeah it's just yeah, it's just not as fun. And I get that that was the point. You know, when I asked Platinum about it, they're like, oh, you know, we wanted there to be a nice contrast between the characters to kind of reinforce how good Bayonetta is. But I think it might have backfired a bit of like, oh, no, this is maybe reinforcing too much how much Bayonetta. Like, it just makes me so much more happier when I get back to her. And it's like, okay, now the the real fun is back. So, yeah, I think. And like story-wise, character-wise, she doesn't bug me as much. She's like, whatever. I think she has her moments where she's kind of a, a little bit endearing, but I could, I, I can do without her too. I don't think I need her. As for the Jean stuff real quick, again, I don't think I hate it as much. It's like a C-level Metroid, like <laughs> Metroid Metal Gear thing that it's like, it's competent and that it like, this is a functional thing, but even more so Veal is like, this game really does not need this. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think people as much as, cause John's very popular too. It's like, it'd be better if, what if you just replaced the Viola segments with John? And yeah. just made her a full fledged second character. And Viola wasn't in the game. Can I ask y'all a question? Why is yeah. the least cool thing in the world, a game developer's idea of someone's that's cool. Every time there's a cool character in a game, they're always the lamest dude possible. And Viola is so lame looking. Well, I mean, but they make her lame. Like, they're not trying to make her cool No, at all. Like, no, she... no. Her appearance. Like, if it, her appearance no. is very much like she's the cool one. It's like she looks like she, just uh, she works at Spencer's gifts. <laughs> like She likes that aesthetic, but it is not a reflection of her personality outside of like, oh, she has a little bit of a temper, but she is a 
a klutz. <laughs> like, she is a giant klutz. But, like, thankfully, that her stuff and John's stuff, like, you're not spending nearly as much time with them as you are Bayonetta. So, you know, it can be annoying, but it, it, you're not uh, torn away from the good stuff for very long, so. Yeah, I, um, I, I like, that all aside, like, I want to reiterate, as a, like, huge Bayo fan, Bayo 1, you know, long-held best in the series, Bayo 2, fine. Bayo 3, when you're playing as Bayonetta, I think it is the best Bayonetta game. Like, which feels awesome to say. And real quick, I think it's worth pointing out that action-wise, the game runs very well on Switch, at least for me. You know, FPS, all that goes, like, when you're in combat, performance, fantastic. Everything else definitely is where the Switch shows its age. I, there's a lot of environmental pop-up when you're just kind of running around of, like, trees phasing in five feet in front of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the environments is where the Switch really starts to be like, oh, this is really long in the tooth now. I don't know if I encountered, but when it that. but when it's important, it's it goes pretty well. Yeah, like the the important thing about Bayonetta is the action, and on that front, yeah, runs fine. So if anyone's worried about that, at least they they nailed it on that front. Bayonetta, she's back, baby. Feels good. Feels good. Awesome. Well, what uh, did you score, uh, Bayonetta three, Blake? Eight point two five. Nice. If you want to go and read the review, head over to GameInformer.com. Uh, is it going to be in the magazine, this upcoming magazine uh-huh. issue? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. It's cut down a lot, though. So what I'm going to tell you to do is read it online, then reread it again in the magazine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Find Get out, what, find out what, what Blake cut for the magazine. Yeah. You'll, see, you'll find out the important parts if you read the magazine. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, let's get into the playlist. Um, we're going to be talking about God of War Ragnarok. Kyle's been playing. Well, actually, everybody but me. Uh, has been playing that um and then marvel snap is is the one video game i have played that's probably as good as god of war yeah i mean you know they've got odin's in the game uh so <laughs> there you go I've got Thor. yeah they, there's stores in both of those games i haven't found that card yet but oh yeah I, I i have an odin deck my deck is odin but we'll we'll get to that tell us about god of war ragnarok kyle how you liking it yeah, so we can talk about the first five hours, and I, and I won't spoil anything, because, you know, the game's not out yet, it's it's exciting, it's very story-focused, right? A God of War has always been very story-focused, but yeah, I mean, so, I mean, so far, so good, right? I mean, it's an extension of the 2018 version, which was a fantastic game, it picks up story-wise, like, almost exactly where that game left off in an exciting way. Combat feels great. Uh, you start with more weapons. There's, uh, even already in just the first five hours, there's, I would say, like, a larger variety of enemy types and, like, mini-bosses and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, I mean, it's just, so far, so good. Like, so far, it's what I wanted from the God of War, uh, from, a, from you know, the sequel to the 2018 game. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, I, I'm talking in vague terms, but it's I've really been digging it so far. You know, there's, there's, there, it's, um, it's not surprising in some ways because it really, they, you know, are sort of, uh, iterating on what worked so well about that last game. And then, you know, in some ways, uh, it is surprising. Like one, the one that, um, I think I even said in my sort of preview that I wrote for the site is like, I'm finding this one funnier. Like it's the dialogue. There's like, and they're not jokes, right? There's not like punchlines necessarily. It's just that Kratos is just like the best straight man in the world. Like in terms of just reacting to what people are saying around him. It's just, I'm really finding myself laughing a lot, uh, which surprised me. I did not expect God of War 
you know Ragnarok to be one of the funniest games I've <laughs> played in a while. I I do have a question just about like the feeling that the second game gives you. Like I felt like one of the things I really liked about God of War 2018 was I was like a casual like I, I knew some Norse mythology, but like I really felt like that game did such a good job about like having like moments where uh, that that world is revealed to me in ways that were unexpected. You know, for instance, like the the turtle tree thing, like when you're the first few hours of the game. Like I remember that being like one of the moments where I was like, oh my God, like there's so much like waiting for me in this world potentially. And like this is just like such a cool um display of like lore and and you know world building. Do you find that after traveling to all the realms in the first game, uh, ostensibly doing the same thing in the first few hours of Ragnarok, do you still find those moments are are happening for you where you're kind of like just kind of taken aback like, oh, like I wasn't expecting this, or is it kind of just like, okay, I I know kind of what's what's in store for me. Let's get to it. Well, you are in the same locations in the first five hours, the opening hours. Um, but that being said, like there is still plenty to be surprised about and things that come up that sort of offer that same level of awe from the previous game, I think, for sure. I mean, um, and you do you do pretty quickly travel to new areas and stuff like that, and you see things that you never saw in the first game. But I also like that it is totally. I mean, and that's also in you know thanks in part to like the the no cut camera from the first game is like it has such a like interesting sense of place, like moving from one location to another despite climate change that happens over the course of that journey. Like it feels like you are in one sort of large location. Um, so yeah, like those kind of moments, Alex. I, I, like you're talking about like the, the the turtle in the first game, like. In the early, even in the early parts of the game, like some of that stuff, it, I, I'm already being like, "Whoa, I got to take a screenshot and make sure that I'm not sharing it publicly." You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I expected that based on the, that sick trailer we got a few weeks ago, but I guess you just never know how that actually plays out. It's a boring uh, sentiment, but if you liked the 2018 God of War, based on my early impressions of this one, and I and, and we'll see what Marcus and Blake think. Like, I think you're gonna like this one too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Marcus, how are you liking it? Yeah, I'm only a couple hours in, uh, so I've played the least out of the three of us. But yeah, I mean, I love it so far. I'm a big God of War fan, and I really did love the 2018 game. That was my number two <clears throat> of the year, my top ten. You know, yeah, a lot of it is the same stuff of like yeah okay this plays as i remember maybe there's some like light refinements here i don't know if i've noticed all of them but you know i think it's without specifying i think it starts very hot and i think it, in, in god of war tradition right yeah like, starts very strong yeah. yeah which i i'm glad that they kept that going and i think that uh within the first like hour there's a lot of really cool just like intrigue in terms of the setup i think the getting to see kratos and atreus is kind of like how that relationship has evolved since the last game has been maybe the most fascinating to me like kratos as a character has been kind of the joy for me because you're like okay he's he's not the same guy i mean he's the same guy but he's he has grown <laughs> without specifying things in some ways that i'm enjoying Big head so mode far is what you're saying yes uh you hit the code at the beginning 
And in ways that are surprising of like, man, I would have never thought playing the, you know, the Greek God of War that we would ever see this side of Kratos. But that's kind of what we're getting now. And I, I guess I like it, you know, and it's almost a reminder of like, man, we've come a long ways from when he was just angry guy. And that was kind of his whole personality. But I think they've done a good job of like. Now he's angry dad guy. Yeah, but like even like there's so much more to him now having come off of what happened in the uh the 2018 game that i i'm enjoying that a lot and i'm excited to see how that you know he develops as well as atreus also atreus's voice man that kid is a uh, puberty hit hard like it threw me off like i knew that going in but the first time he speaks you're like oh yeah you're older now aren't you <laughs> like the real life <laughs> oh really yeah because he's like what 14 now i forgot how old uh, he was he's when... way older than that is he like late teens i think he's like 38 wait wait you mean the actor or atreus the actor he's like 16 17 maybe yeah 18. okay like he's he's like driving he's in a car yeah he was driving to the recession spoilers for god of war he's in a car <laughs> <laughs> it's the flintstones car that they, yeah, they just run right. around in together that's in the Kratos. next trilogy flintstones yeah. <laughs> they're going backwards okay but yeah uh i'm pumped to play more i think it plays great it looks great there's some cool stuff that happens even within the uh opening hours and uh yeah awesome blake you're somebody who um you know uh wasn't as big of a fan of the first game to say the least yeah yeah i feel like i've heard that you are liking this yeah i think kyle's got a point if you like god of war 2018 you're gonna like this game but i also think if you didn't like god of war 2018 you might have a good chance of liking this one, which is pretty cool to see. Um, I maybe I, I don't think maybe I shouldn't say who, but a few of friends of mine that don't work at Game Informer who also don't like 2018 are playing it. And all three of us are like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> this game is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, 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 I no need to belabor the points. I agree with everything they're saying. I just um, I think the game starts so well, like so, so well. And like the opening hour or two hit a fever pitch that is just so strong and loses me a bit after that when it starts to fall into the actual like gameplay rhythm and you'll just have to wait and see if it ever got me back i don't think i can talk about anything after that but like early impressions are like yeah this game is like i think the writing is substantially better i think the writing is like consistent fairly consistently strong and also multifaceted, like God of War 2018 was kind of just wallowing in its own seriousness, um, partly to a degree I don't think it ever deserved. And just like dropping more levity in this script, like does a lot in bringing this world to life and bringing these characters to life and making them like very interesting people and making their drama more interesting by like fleshing out the other sides of them. Um, in ways I really, really appreciate. Um, I think that's like my main takeaway so far um, without spoiling certain gameplay things. Is, like the writing has been like striking for me and like significantly more engaging and one of the things I'm most interested in this game thus far. I think and, it benefits uh, be- because it's a sequel. A lot of the really fun characters of the first game are just kind of here from the start. You don't have yeah. to wait to meet them like yeah. you did in that first game. So like all those fun interactions are like, oh, they're just here right yeah like right at the jump so yeah that makes it a lot more i guess enjoyable from the get-go yeah I, I i will say not to like sound like too much of a debbie downer i had really high hopes from this based on that last trailer 
that last trailer banged so hard and i mainly just mean where they shoot the eclipse out of the sky that was so cool yeah i gotta play this (laughs) game just for that but first five hours for the most part 70 percent of the time it was it was it was working for me really really well especially that opening couple hours um without saying what exactly happens like it was just let's go you know what's weird i want to ask if you guys felt this feel the same way but because you know this game uses the same sort of like one shot camera thing that they mm-hmm. whatever you want to technique that the first game has uh the dead space 2 camera that's right thank you, kyle. thank you kyle thank you kyle but here's the thing like i never noticed that in dead space 2 and i only knew for god of war because they you know they kept they wouldn't shut up about it but even then i'm replaying it and going like eh, i mean it's fine but it's not really adding much for me i feel like for this game it's doing a lot more for me and i don't know why i don't know if maybe they're just the Maybe I don't know if they're actually shooting things better or maybe more interesting things are happening, but there's something about like this game where I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. I love that this is what they're doing, where I was kind of like, I could take it or leave it in the first game. Marcus, I I think about this a lot. I think like, especially in action sequences, like that is such a good call. Like action set uh, cutscenes, obviously the set pieces are going to be in one take because they're tech gameplay-ish. But, like, the action cutscenes being in one take, I think, are more engaging. They do a lot of cool framing things with Mimir, who's always on your back. They do some fun things to get him to be in frame. By and large, I think it does nothing, and a lot of shots could be more visually interesting with cuts. But I do think, to your point, it is used better, but I agree less that it's, like, across the board more noticeable for me. There's just a lot of times where I'm like... This is like a very boring way for these characters to be moving through the scene. And if you just like had a camera cut, it would be much more watchable for me. Yeah, maybe it's because the stakes are a little bit higher, but I've had I've noticed I liked it a lot, even for the quieter moments of like, oh, it feels it really does feel like I'm in the room for this conversation. Yeah. So like I'm I'm tensing up in a way because like what they're talking about is like really serious and it's like it feels like i'm involved in this somehow well the thing for me that makes it work so well like even in the first game i i loved it like i and when i initially it was like well that seems weird i don't know if that's necessarily like helping right i don't know if it's really improving the game but in the first game and then in, in the early impressions of this one like i actually really love it for just the sense of time that it gives you like i love how it just feels like this is the worst couple days of Kratos's life, you know, or in the first game, it's like it just happened over the course of a day. And it, it truly feels that way when the camera is just always there. It's just always on. You never leave their side. And that helps with geography and moving through the world. And also just like, like I said, like sort of that, you know, the movie Die Hard effect of like, this is just one really rough day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I literally started installing it while you guys were talking. So, um, <laughs> also, I, I think I, Batman. You weren't gonna play it until we, till we. No, yeah, you know, so I was far. gonna, you know, bargain bin. You know, who knows? I know you've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. You got, you got to prioritize. Well, yeah, hold on, like... wasn't Batman Arkham Knight <laughs> all in one shot as well? Ooh. Uh, maybe it just has that behind the shoulder view for like a lot of the like. I think it's all in one shot. The sort of cinematic scenes, but I think like. I think it is. I think it might be. I think it yeah. is. I think for the cutscenes, yeah, you might. I th- no, I feel like there were act no because there's some weird stuff that happens that are totally like shots, right? Like, isn't there like stuff with like Scarecrow, like his weird stuff or the Joker stuff? Isn't that like different shots? That is Arkham Knight. Though. That is interesting because I do remember a lot of the cutscenes, sort of the, like when he's like you know 
moving things like the camera falling around. That's an interesting. Yeah, idea. yeah. Dead Space Two is just the one that like I sort of stood out to me initially, yeah. just because even the UI and uh, exploring your inventory is done without cutting the camera. I think there's one cut in Dead Space yeah, Two. Yeah, there's a cut where it looks like they had to chop a level out of the game, and that's like the only one. Yeah. Something <laughs> yeah. Like but again, it's just, hey, you know what? It was the worst day of Isaac's life, yeah. right? And then the sequel is the second worst day of Isaac's <laughs> life. And I love that sort of that sort of experience, especially in a video game. Can't wait for the so personal. Dead Space remake where it's actually the best day of his life. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's his wedding day, you know. Were you going to say something else, Blake, or are you good? Uh, no. Uh, they, he's looking up Batman. They showed Resident Evil 4 remake. Okay. <laughs> i actually i mean side side note that looks looks really good i mean we um, should maybe talk about it is all i'm saying yeah but i want to talk about marvel snap do we have the snap when you say it like the adams family or the yeah, nintendo like switch, the, the switch commercials yeah. yeah yeah perfect so marvel snap is anybody else here playing it i have not yet but i'm i'm being tempted more and more the more i hear about it because i'm hearing a lot of positive buzz kyle are you i know blake isn't no How do you know zero that? interest yeah. How do you know that? even though i just left my job at GameSpot, where i was the mobile gaming editor <laughs> and, okay. and i would have been covering this game extensively but i really have yeah. no interest you left in your interest over there too i also <laughs> had zero interest and it was just kind of i was i was bored the other day um i forget what i was doing i was like ah, i could go for like a, a mobile game whatever you could have played god of war yeah i could play god of war <laughs> um i think i was watching big brother with Kayla and I was like I just want like a I want like a puzzle game or something like that and I was like oh, okay well Marvel Snap just came out people are really hyping it up and also additional context I am like kind of tired of Marvel stuff right now I don't watch the shows I have missed a couple movies I used to Ant-Man really trailer the what Ant-Man trailer just came he out He said Hitman I was like they're making a Hitman movie another one <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, no, because I, I just am kind of burnt out on Marvel stuff. What about the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special trailer? Is that a thing? That is a yeah. that is a real thing. It's got a good it's got a killer joke in it. No interest. But Marvel Snap is really good. Uh I think the the um people are probably going to like compare it to Hearthstone, where you're kind of one on one uh laying down cards on the field, but you aren't, you know, like Legends of Ruterra, Hearthstone, you know, whatever, um, whatever, you know, card back. Artifact. Artifact, yeah. Whatever <laughs> card. Is that, is that still around? Did they close that down? No, yeah, that's been so. gone for yeah, some time. Yeah, it's been gone for a while. <laughs> um, I had high hopes for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a card battler, but you're not actually, uh, you know, attacking other people's, other people's cards. Think of it almost like Call of Duty Domination, where there are three three zones that you are vying for control of and if you if your cards are moved or destroyed you know you you have it's all about majority rules right whoever has the most power the most um and you know your power can be derived by several things some cards are just like okay this costs two mana to play and it's got four strength some cards are like okay well when you lay this down and you flip it over you know, it's a card game, right? You you know, there's special abilities, right? But it all kind of is funneling into the game of there are three zones. Each zone has their own uh, property. Like each zone is a location, right? 
that you're fighting for. And so some zones might be every card you play here is might has minus two power. Or another one might be after turn five, shuffle your deck, shuffle your hand into your deck and redeal. And, and you know, there's a lot of like conditional things that are happening. And yeah, you're vying for control of these three spots in order to win a match. You have to claim two of the three zones and it's a ton of fun. It's definitely meant to to have you spend money. There are like all sorts of like variants. If you're big like Marvel fan, there's like all sorts of comic art that are, that is used in in card variants. And one of the one of the mechanics is you are like leveling up your cards, not in terms of like their abilities or power, but their uh, cosmetically like their look. So like the first level that you can upgrade them with, the, suddenly the art pops out of the the card frame. Uh, the second upgrade, now it's like everything's 3D and you can like, you know, rotate your phone and see all the art kind of uh, like a parallax effect. Do they have an upgrade that like adds like creases and like splits to the cardboard? Like you've just like pocketed <laughs> the card and we're walking around it for a couple of days or like you loaned it to like a younger brother? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, there's one where like uh, the card, the na- the font on the card turns holographic. And seemingly there's, I, I haven't reached the end of like, what you can unlock in terms of the, the levels. Um, I think I've gotten a card up to like level four or something and it still keeps going. So yeah. which card, what's your, what's your card? Um, let me look. I can, I can tell you who's your main hero. Yeah. While you're looking that up, are you playing against other people or, or are you playing like a single player? Campaign? No, it is against other people. Uh, every, every okay. Match. So that's, that's like the only mode is like only mode right now is PVP. online. Okay. Yeah. You say right now, are they adding, are they adding stuff to it? Uh, I'm Is not it? sure. I don't know. Oh, okay. They, I think they're working on like friend matches and stuff. But. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's safe to assume that they'll be supporting this game for a while, especially, I mean, it's, it seems like if people are into it, like it, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't think it's going to be one of those that just goes by the wayside immediately in terms of like mobile games. I, I think it's caught enough of an early wind of excitement that uh, yeah. I think it's, it'll have some legs for a while. Yeah. Even if Blake and I aren't playing it ourselves. I'm going to play it at the <laughs> premiere of a, uh black panther wakanda forever to hide my tears perfect you know maybe they'll maybe they'll like put out a, a digital I'm, I'm not recording the movie <laughs> every Snap. time i look up i cry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's a lot of depth to the game um and you know there's a lot of cards that i didn't even know were marvel properties you know have you have you all heard of Swordmaster? oh yeah of course <laughs> that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card i think have you heard of Strong Guy? Uh-huh. Strong Guy. He's in She-Hulk, right? <laughs> Devil Dinosaur? Yeah, there's like, there's like you know, Spider-Woman and, and Spider-Man and the Hulk, but there's also, you know, other other um, lesser-known things. Like... Do you have Squirrel Girl? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Squirrel Girl is cool. Squirrel Girl, if you play Squirrel Girl, I think she's a one-cost card, one-mana card, so you can play her from the first, from the get-go. And she creates squir- She spawns squirrels on the battlefield. Yeah. And I'm actually trying to... Uh, I haven't unlocked Squirrel Girl, but I really want her for my... I have a deck that is all about sacrificing cards and consuming cards to power up other cards. Oh, you're and a monster. I, yeah, I really want Squirrel Girl so I can play her, have her squirrels populate on round one, and then round two put my Carnage card down to eat Ooh. them all and, and level up. So you uh, want to feed Squirrel Girls squirrels to Carnage? Yes, I do. Hmm. Interesting. 
I, I think you would like this game, Marcus. Knowing your love of card games, specifically character card games, like Yu-Gi-Oh! And, I mean, I guess I'll... I don't know. Do you play any card games that don't have cool anime art? Uh, no, Yu-Gi-Oh! is my Solitaire. main one. I, uh, I guess Solitaire, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to check it out. I love Marvel. I, lo- I like TCGs enough that... You know, this is free to play, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it's right there to download i, I want to check it out at some point and see what the the hubbub is all about because yeah i you know i didn't like roll my eyes at the announcement but like just indifferent right like most mobile announcements i'm kind of like and i'm not one of those people that are like oh mobile games bleh, not real games like i i love quite a few mobile games but it takes something special for a mobile game to really make me raise an eyebrow and go "Ooh, i'm gonna check that out yeah uh, and i've noticed that's become more and more the case as i've gotten older but yeah, this is one of the ones where just the combination of cards and and Marvel and Squirrel Girl specifically is it's getting me to I might have to download it on this episode, much like you're downloading God of War right now. So yeah, I can't stress like the, and then we can play together uh, eventually. Yeah, because I I've got what I think is like an all a top tier deck, you know, and I want to I want to like fight my friends. Not to brag. brag, not to brag. Yeah, not to brag. I've got an Odin based deck and Odin like is the last card you can play each each deck is only 12 cards as well so it's like you don't have to really like it's a lot more of like selective a selective process like okay i really am going to like streamline my deck so like i can cover what i need to cover and and adapt to what you know my what i might go up against but it's it's cool it's a lot of fun again i am a lapsed marvel fan i Still have no interest in the movies or shows right now, uh, but there's just a ton of depth in this this game, and I think you know it. It having cool like comic book art is also a neat thing. I, I woke up on accident today at two a.m. because I was traveling to, to Japan, of course. Oh, where'd you go? Japan, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Cool. Oh, have you been there? Uh, once, yeah. This past week. Oh, I've actually. been there twice. Blake, you've been there too. Twice. He's been there too. Well, surely, Marcus, you've never been there, uh, though, right? I went with Blake actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, no need to tell us if you've been there. We all know. We we know. We, we know. know what you did. You worked at Game Informer for nine years. I'm sure you've been. Dragon Ball Fighters cover wow, story. Wow, just keep bragging, uh, man. What a, you know, Marcus and me. Poke- history of Pokemon we feature. Get it. You know, Mr. Magazine <laughs> content director. Oh, he's been to Japan. Kyle got to train with Goku. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't talk about it. I really no, should. Yeah, it's been a while. Don't brag about it. Well, I took Marcus to a gross and dirty mall. <laughs> we Twice. Twice. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't sleep and uh, I played Marvel Snap for like four hours. And what for three of those hours, I was in bed. And then one of those hours, I was on the treadmill being healthy. But uh, yeah, Marvel good. Snap, it's good. Yeah. It's worth uh, pointing out too. I know we said mobile, but it, you can play it on PC. Yeah, it's on Steam. It's in early access on Steam. So you yeah. can just play it there if you want to, you know, use a mouse. And it's like, it's fully out on mobile. I think it's they said the 1.0 launch for PC is going to be next year. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of I mean Diablo Immortals kind of doing the same thing too. We're like it's out on mobile, PC uh, beta yeah, right true. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. Well, let's get into Oh, hold, uh, hold up. I played something else. What did you play? Why'd you make that face? I I wanted to know what you played. 
Why'd you make that face, though? Because you're going to say some hipster game. Oh, yeah, you're right, Kyle. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the hipster thing would be to say that this campaign's a 10 out of 10. I literally think, <laughs> I think of the staff at Game Informer, I have the most vanilla AAA-focused taste in games. <laughs> like, I don't play anything <laughs> interesting. Anyway, I play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Can I talk about it real quick? I was going to say that for next week, but yeah, you can talk about it. It sucks. It's so bad. No, don't say that. I'm a stuck. What are uh, you talking about specifically? No, wait, wait, real quick. Because you the should campaign. You should clarify, right? You've just played the campaign. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, the campaign. Okay. Is multiplayer even available Not yet? yet? There... But we're okay, allowed right. to talk about the campaign. That's totally cool. Um, it's wild, Alex. I mean, I didn't like Modern Warfare 2018, but at least it had moments where it was fun. Yeah. But on top of all the normal bull BS in these games. American exceptionalism, a who's who of boogeymen, you know, just rip straight from the headlines. Who are right wingers afraid of today? That's your enemies in this game. It doesn't even have the grace to be a fun game. It is possibly the most boring Call of Duty I've ever oh, no. played. You remember Sweep House in Modern Warfare 1? Where it's like, oh, wow, dude. this is really racist, but kind of an interesting mission design. What if that was an entire game? That's all they got going here. It's weird how they just whiffed on it. You, like, you know what, what Call of Duty campaign recently was good? Vanguard? I didn't play that one, but I heard mm, it was good. It was good. It was good. The one before that was also good. What was that? Oh, one? I didn't care for that one. Is that as World much. War II? Black the Ops Cold one. War. I really like the opening. Oh, mission. Uh, Black, Black Ops Cold War, Ronald Reagan. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I the, that one. the thing about Call of Duty games is. The stories are always inherently evil and just propaganda, but the games, they be fun. And this one isn't even fun. It's, it's really surprising how much it went. I finally, you know, usually they open with like a big bombastic set piece. Then you'll maybe do a smaller level. And then it's like set piece, set piece, set piece. It took me like three hours to get to the first bombastic level. Uh, and then it controlled terribly you like on the surface it seems really cool like you're driving cars and have it shoot from windows and jump from car to car it's like a freaking uncharted level but the whole thing feels really bad it's like you're driving the car but then you have to lean out the window to shoot so your car slows down so you're constantly have to move back and forth to steer and move your car and then when you get on top of the car to jump to the next one the controls are so borked that either the car will shoot out from under you so you fall to your death or you'll hit the geometry and the uh, what's that called? The con when you contact it's got the touch. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking? About? Anyway, you fall off the car and die. When you hit something, when it's collision, got a collision. The collision's messed up so that when you try to uh. land on the car, you'll just kind of like slide right off of it. And that comes at the tail end of two hours of slowly walking down like hallways. I'm like. It's like this weird. But is there an uncomfortable torture scene? Uh, I have not finished the game. The last I saw was I was about to sit in a chair where it looked like I was about to be tortured. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know what? I think I'm not gonna play this game ever again until October 28th when the multiplayer comes out. And I go, sick. Dude, oh, I can't wait for the multiplayer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Propaganda's good when the guns feel good. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to fire up the campaign yet. Or uh, I want to play. I'm one of the weird Call of Duty players that usually come only for the campaign. Yeah. And it was actually the 2019 Modern Warfare that got me into hooked on multiplayer for the first time ever. Yeah. Like I adored that game's multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and that was even pre-Warzone. But yeah, no, it has been interesting seeing the reception to that campaign. I'm surprised because I'm not, I don't think the 
2019 campaign was like some masterpiece, but I remember thinking it was pretty good. You know, I've I've played worse Call of Duty campaigns for sure than that one. So it's almost kind of shocking to see that it's dropped that far in quality since then. It's like finally the gameplay and the story have matched to both be just dog crap. Uh, yeah, because the story of those games, like, I could care less, usually. I, I almost treat Call of Duty like adult G.I. Joe. Well, <laughs> like, I, think that's not, be... I think that's not great either, because like those games are doing some pretty evil things in terms of what they're feeding players, you know. You should see how Mar- Marcus plays with G.I. Joes. <laughs> <laughs> I commit war crimes. Um, <laughs> and here's where the, I drop the... Never mind, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, but uh, you get yeah, no, the 2019 game uh, definitely had some problematic stuff uh, that stood out to even me. But by and large, those games are pretty like they're like Michael Bay, like blockbuster, check your brain at the door, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) you know. I remember one one of the Call of Duty campaigns. You jumped into people's minds. That was yeah, that was Black Ops three. Yeah, yeah, the one with the what's that celebrity? What's his name? Um, Avenged Sevenfold. Avenged Sevenfold yes. was in one of them. Remember that? <laughs> Remember when he jumped into his mind? <laughs> there was also the one where you like became a robot, right? I believe that was also Black Ops Three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Though you did control a robot in Infinity and in Infinite Warfare, the one with Jon Snow was the villain. You had a robot teammate. <laughs> I do want to say um, we have a review going up after the multiplayer goes live from Reed McCarter, which I'm really excited about. Founder of Bullet Points Monthly, writer for AV Club Everywhere, Kill Screen. So I'm really interested. In, he's going to be able to tackle that campaign from a place way smarter than I, um, who basically is just going to say it stinks like poo poo. Um, keep an eye out <laughs> right for that. Like Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep an eye out for that review. I cannot wait to read it myself. Read it. Read it. Read McCarter. Read. I'm actually weirdly excited to play the campaign because I just want to see what everyone's talking about. Dude, I was shocked. I need to see for myself what's wrong with it. I was shocked. Like, I, I felt I was like kind of excited going into it because I was like, okay, I'm gonna oscillate between being extremely angry and then having the time of my freaking life when I'm actually playing the game, and then crap the bed. Oh well, what can you do? Uh, we can go to listener emails and close the show out. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, of course. Uh, you can send us an email, podcast at GameInformer.com, or join the Game Informer Discord uh, by subscribing to us one time on Twitch, linking your account, and, uh, and and joining. But yeah, this is the part of the show that you, you influence what we talk about. We've got four questions this week. Rook asks, what was your first experience with Silent Hill, and which is your favorite? I have a story. Yeah. My dad and me went to EB Games which might be my parent company now. I'm not sure. Um, and he bought this PlayStation one game called silent Hill. Cause I had a PS two and he was like, scary. You can't play this. And I was like, Oh, okay. Crazy. All right. <laughs> he brought it home. And I don't know if my dad ever played it, but I remember my mom getting home later. And she was like, she was like, what's up family. <laughs> As moms say, and my dad was like, oh. the story doesn't sound made up so far. This is going well. well hold up. <laughs> my, my dad was like, yo, I bought this game called silent Hill. It's, real scary and my mom was like all right but and she went downstairs she played it for like an hour and she came upstairs and she was like petrified she was like (laughs) my dad was like is it scary she was like not good okay no i'm not touching like she treated it like it was evil it was very funny she called a priest to bless the game that was my first experience with silent hill 
She's, it was that uh, it was walking down the alleyway when the camera goes over Probably. and it starts being all funky. Yeah, and then years later, Weird. they bought me Silent Hill 3 and I was too scared to ever play it, but it came with the CD of the soundtrack and I used to listen to it all the time to and from school in my dad's car. Soundtrack is great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I also remember I had a PlayStation Underground DVD that had the Silent Hill 3 trailer on it and I would watch it repeatedly. All of this is to say I've never played a Silent Hill game. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love so you should play three. It'll be like, oh, I recognize all this. I music. really this like wild. Silent Hill <laughs> conceptually, but I've never played them. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think they're cool for sure. Yeah, I mean my I've like I said, I've dabbled in a lot. I, Silent Hill two is my like far and away my favorite. And my initial experience with it, which was funny, was like, you know, friend uh, had a PS two. He was like the first friend that had a PS two and we played like Onimusha and like the Hell bouncer yeah. and a bunch of like Tony Hawk, you know, and it was just like a raucous time. It was funny, right? We were like having a, a, a good old time playing Tony Hawk three. Um, or maybe it was four at the time. I guess four probably came out around Silent Hill two time, but like, and then it was like Silent Hill two was also like on that pile and we booted it up kind of going into it. Like, Oh yeah, this is just be another like, you know, violence could be like Onimusha. We'll, we'll fight monsters and stuff. And it was like, it took us, and we were kind of cracking jokes early on, but it took, I don't know, like maybe an hour where we were all just like lights off, wrapped attention, like really just on the edge of our seats of just like, what is this place? Are we in hell? Like it was like, it really <laughs> got under our skin very quickly. And I played it a bunch that way. And then it was actually a little bit later that I finally got my own copy and like sat down and played through it. And I, it's still a very memorable experience. I mean, there's like, there's, there's scenes in that game, not even like cutscenes, but like player directed moments of like, you are traveling deeper and deeper underground. And then you have to like, you find a graveyard underground and you have to step into a grave to continue to keep going underground. And it's just like, so unsettling and creepy and uh it's it's so great it's such a good game mine was pt like i said i didn't grow up playing silent hill i just looked at it from afar and said that looks cool um but you know what's interesting about that is that i i would have to imagine that there's a substantial audience of gamers that pt is their introduction to that series because of how just how it became such a phenomenon and that's going to be the people going into these new silent hills like oh i played pt maybe these are as scary as that but yeah I adored PT. It's one of my favorite horror games ever, like maybe even top three. Uh, it was the first horror game that ever made me scream out loud. I've, I've never done that before. Even stuff that like terrified me, I, I pretty good at keeping it in or it just never elicited that reaction. But uh, PT got me to do it twice and I was playing a game like in broad daylight. <laughs> so the Silent Hill series, I guess, is, it, uh, broke that, uh, broke the seal for me on that. So yeah i'm still to this day i'm still not completely over the fact that we're never gonna get silent hills <laughs> i i just i really want to know what that would have turned out to be i had to play pt for like an hour during extra life one year as an incentive and it was the worst uh, you want to do it this year <laughs> i would yeah i would i would need guidance but someone got it running on ps5 i think Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that article going around. Yeah. Blake, you said you have a PS4 SPT on it, don't you? Yeah, it's in my parents' living yeah. room. <laughs> it's 14 hours away. From Does your mom know? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's your I mom. could. I mean, like, if we really <laughs> turn it on, if mom. we really needed it, I could have. I could have them ship it up. It wouldn't be a problem. Just let me know. Tell her she has to beat it first, though. Tell your mom she has to beat it. My mom struggles to find Netflix on that PS4. I'm not telling her to open <laughs> any video game. Their house might burn down. She's gonna accidentally <laughs> delete delete PT in, in your. Oh house. god! I mean that'd be that'd be fine. Like I'm never gonna play it again. You know what I'm saying? It's just oh, I'll, like, I'll uh, take your PS4 then. <laughs> I'll no, that's my hands. mom's PS4, Marcus. Were you not listening <laughs> to the story? I gave it to her. Come on. I mean, she ain't using it either, probably. I do have my dad's Silent Hill 1 right there. The one that scared my mom so bad she never recovered. It's right there. You know, I, I have Silent Hill 1 on my PS3 as a PS1 classic. Like, it's installed. I could technically play it. I would love the stream of a streaming from a PS3 is a gigantic it's a nightmare. pain. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, next question comes from logan logan asks give me your marvel snap decks i'm personally running a destruction and move deck mainly p.s kyle i love you um logan i've i've been experimenting with a destruction and move deck you you start getting a lot of those cards um once you start completing a lot of challenges my current deck is a on reveal deck based on odin um so the whole premise for people who don't know what that means is when you play an on-reveal card, it flips over and has a special effect. And Odin, uh, when you play him, can re-trigger. Normally, those those are once per game, like once per card. Odin, if you lay him down next to those cards, he can have them all re-trigger. And so you can get these like really powerful chain reactions. Um, but Logan, the cards I've got on here um, from top to bottom. I mean, it's only 12, so I can just tell you what I'm rocking. Odin, Spider-Woman, White Tiger, Jessica Jones, Hulkbuster. Uh, I'm experimenting with Morph, who's... Uh, he has no damage himself, but you play him down. Oh my god, Morph's in the game? Yeah, you play him on the field, and he transforms into a random card from your enemy's hand. Wow. Uh, Ironheart's in the game. Uh, she's really great. Scarlet Witch, uh, Star-Lord, Yondu, Vatu, the Watcher. And Ant Man. It's currently in my deck, but um, Wait, yeah. You mean Uatu? Like, uh, I don't know. The, the text is weird. U- the font's weird. Oh, okay. Uatu. It's probably Uatu. U A T U. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's my deck. I am excited for when uh, we can challenge friends because I think that'd be a very fun stream. Uh, P P S Kyle, I love you. So my favorite <laughs> kind of funny show. That's good. That's very good. It's really good. Uh, it's a Mama Luigi asks. Um, Luigi? Yeah, that's my favorite way to say Luigi. <laughs> I, I always say Luigi, just to really a little Luigi's... just to be silly. Yeah, Luigi. Oh, okay. I thought you—that's just a problem you had. <laughs> no, no. I just Luigi's Mario and Luigi. I don't know. I've always, I've always thought it was funny. Mario and Luigi. Yeah, yeah. It's a Mama Luigi asks, how does the crafting slash inventory system in Ragnarok compare to the first? I liked the game overall, but I found the entire gear system to be tedious and overwrought. I know they're not scrapping the whole mechanic, but hopefully it could be streamlined to have fewer but more meaningful upgrades. Uh, early in the game, it, it, it seems basically comparable. I, I don't think I've noticed any significant changes that could change later, but at least initially in those first couple hours, it seems like a, for better or worse, basically the same system. Yeah, those menus game. are a nightmare. I hate opening them. Yeah, they're not. When I first opened it, I was like, oh, they... This has not been streamlined, or if it is, it's yeah. not immediately evident. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it seems more or less the same. Okay. 
Well, that's a simple answer. Uh, last question comes from our podcast editor, Matt Storm. They ask, I have yet to play Marvel Snap yet, but it's on my radar as a TCG nerd. How does this differ from other games in its similar genre? What makes it special? Uh, like I said, the uh, three zone, you're, you're not fighting other cards. You're fighting, you're, you're not even fighting. You're like, um, you're building up the best combination of cards in a zone to get the most points. You're not dismantling other people's cards in most cases. You're not attacking, you know, um, the champion hero. You're just like doing your own thing, but you're doing it head to head. Almost like you would in like a traditional like multiplayer tech. Uh, Tetris or something like you're each doing your own thing who can do it better and that's who wins Uh, so I think that's a pretty big difference compared to other card battlers wait Matt's a TCG nerd I I guess so does that mean that they're into Yu-Gi-Oh is that like should Matt and I be thrown down in Master Duel I don't think that they're into Yu-Gi-Oh but maybe it's like a secret that they want to keep secret yeah matt let me know this is a this might be huge for us for our our relationship (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome uh thank you for the question matt and thank you for editing the show it it really does help me out we pay we pay matt but you know it it, it is a huge help and um and yeah it's 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 been great having them on as a freelance editor for us i highly recommend them if you are looking for for podcast editing needs but yeah, if you enjoyed the show this week, uh, be sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. We 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 had one new review, and it was a weird review. It said Ooh. that we were running gun ads on our website, uh, which isn't something we were running. I think it was their Google ads, which I believe are based on search history and cookies. Gun ads? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you told that, on yourself not, with that, that one, listener. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know... This is a good information to internalize and reflect yeah, on the listen, so we can improve um, the, <laughs> Google ads. We don't control that. That is entirely Google and sometimes you. your search history. <laughs> you yeah, control you. that. When you guys were looking, I uploaded a bunch of ad images of uh, my biceps. Oh. And yeah, so. See, I thought it was going to be the Gears of War guns, and I would have been like, no. oh, those are good guns. Ones with chainsaws on them and the torque bow. Which is yeah. like one of the greatest weapons of all time in a video game, but anyways, <laughs> uh, my favorite. Gun. I'm a really big it explodes. Fan of okay, <laughs> the hammer of dawn. Hell of a gun. Oh my god, the hammer of dawn. I love that. Put Dude, that in my pocket. Gears of War yeah. is so sick. It is. I love Gears of War. I just replayed the first one a month or two ago. It's awesome. We, I would totally do a replay, super replay of those games with you. Ooh, that's a good idea. And we could do a co-op too. Oh man yeah oof yeah it's a lot of game think about that yeah and cliff blazinski just put out a book it's on its way to my mailbox it's true uh i don't know if it's out I, oh is it I, out simon actually? and schuster my yeah. boys blake simon wrote, and okay. schuster hooked that out. me up yeah. well, blake wrote the foreword of the book so i wish uh. if cliff blazinski was like hey blake you got me i'd be like anything for you boss yeah. key God, you were really big in the jazz jack rabbit dude yeah. huge that was it dude, dude huge i'm there yeah. well yeah that's gonna be the show this week uh again if you enjoyed it uh share it with a friend review us on apple podcasts uh and tune in next week for another episode uh welcome back kyle thank you lake marcus thanks for joining me again 
Uh, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye.